to the river I ain't the same I'm proud and go return
Well, good morning. Glad to have everybody who's here with us this morning. Glad to have you joining with us online if you're at home. Uh, you can go ahead and go to the next one, uh, Tommy, uh, and it'll, it should go off of the video. You may want to stop the video over on the right. There you go. We're still in some learning curve with our new system, and so uh, bear with us just a little bit. But glad to have those of you who are there on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at HBC Tullahoma. Uh, you can find us at Highland Baptist Tullahoma on YouTube. Just search for those with the word YouTube there, and it'll automatically go to our page. Or you can use our phone live streaming. Uh, that's 855-532-4025, and that's a great resource. We have a lot of people uh, use that. Uh, resource who don't have internet or their internet's not that great. So just wanted to remind you of that. If you're at home, be sure to go to our website at highlandbaptistchurch.com. Uh, if you'll go there, just a couple of tabs over at the top, you'll find the info tab. It's under the info tab. You can download the worship bulletin. If you're here in person, the ushers have those at the back or they're here in the windowsills if you want to pick up one of those. As well as underneath that online, you can download uh, the children's worship bulletins, one for age seven and up, one for ages three and up. And if you're here in person, those are over here in this windowsill, so be sure to pick that up also. And then while you're there, under that info tab, you can go ahead and download the prayer list uh, for this week, and want to encourage you to be praying for uh, each and every one of those individuals. The church newsletter uh, will be there also, if it's not uh, already, as that'll be going out uh, this coming Monday. I believe that's right. So uh, glad to have you here with us. I uh, hope you're ready for uh, a great time of worship. We had a great time uh, just getting away uh, for last weekend and, and uh, having some time together. We just totally got away at Ware's Valley outside of Pigeon Forge there, a very quiet uh, side of Pigeon Forge, and just stayed at the cabin, relaxed. <laughs> and, and so we're refreshed and revived uh, and ready to hit the road. And so uh, thank you so much for being here. Looking forward to the service this morning. Brother Mike, if you'll come. Good morning. Join us this morning as we sing 288, Where He Leads Me. Let's stand. Join the choir.
Amen. Well, you'll notice in your bulletins our missionaries of the week are Dustin and Jill Connor. I had the wonderful privilege of meeting them a few years ago uh, there in Calgary, Ontario. <coughs> um, uh, in, uh, I don't know why that says Calgary, Ontario. It's Calgary, Alberta, uh, Canada <laughs> in, their, in the bulletin there. Uh, but it's Alberta, Canada, where they are uh, there in Calgary. We have a partnership uh, with uh, some missionaries there that are church planters also. Uh, and Dustin and Jill were one of those church planters that we got to meet on our tour through there. Uh, they, have, they are in desperate need of new churches in Calgary uh, because only about 5.2% proclaim to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You may remember Calgary in days past as being a cattle town uh, back before the uh, Winter Olympics that was held there years ago back in the 80s. Um, but uh, it is now more of an oil town, and it is booming uh, with growth. All the, all the subdivisions and areas that have popped up have literally exploded uh, with growth. And so uh, Dustin and Jill came from North Carolina, uh, and uh, he had been pastoring there. They came, and he felt the call to, to help plant churches and to start churches. And uh, COVID-19 was devastating for them up in uh, Canada uh, all of our missionaries who were up there uh, couldn't afford to be able to travel uh, back here. Uh, Josh Hatfield, who is our partner missionary up there, uh, his family, they have, I believe it's five kids, or five total, in, yeah, five kids plus the two adults. Uh, and if they had come home to see their family, Canada, Canada required you to stay when you came back uh, in a motel that was owned by the state or by the country, uh, and you had to stay there for two weeks, but at your expense. And so you not only had your flights down here and back, you had that expense. And for a family that size, it was just unfeasible. And it's that way also for Dustin uh, and Jill. And so, but that didn't stop them from uh, reaching out to the people around them. Uh, they've had additional families that have joined. Uh, God is blessing the work there. But we want to pray for them this morning. Every Sunday as you give to your tithes and offerings, a portion of our offerings go to the cooperative program to help support those missionaries across North America and around the world. So let's go to the Lord in prayer for Dustin and Jill and all of our missionaries around the world. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the blessing uh, that we have to, uh, at least for me, to have met Dustin uh, and Jill and Lord to also have met Josh and, and our partnership there with those that are serving uh, in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. We pray, God, for your blessings upon them and ask, Lord, for you to wrap them in your loving arms, uh, continue to watch over them and to provide for them and to keep them safe in your arms. Help them, Lord, to continue uh, to see those opportunities that they might reach out uh, there through Hope Church to share the gospel uh, with those thousands and thousands of people that are moving uh, to that area. Father, you know the growth that is there and you know the need that is there of souls to be saved. So bless them in a mighty powerful way, Lord, as they continue to share the gospel. And bless us, Lord, that we might be a blessing to them, that every Sunday as we give our tithes and offerings, we're giving to support those missionaries on the field. So Lord, bless us that we might be that blessing uh, and, and continue to lead us and guide us. Be with all of our missionaries around the world and we pray, God, for your head your protection about them and your blessings upon them. So lead us as we come to worship you this morning. We give everything to you and ask for your will to be done, for your name to be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. Well, good to see everybody, as we said before. Let me just remind you, if you're here in person, uh, you have your offering envelopes there in front of you. If you don't have one in the pew, there are some in the holders here at the back, some in the windowsill, and you can put your offering plates, uh, offering in the plates down here or at the back as you leave uh, this morning. If you're online there, you can do that online at highlandbaptistchurch.com. Just go to the far right-hand side. You can give your online giving there, and you can do that even here uh, as you're in person. You can even also mail those to us or drop those by the church uh, in Anytime Monday through Thursday at the time on the screen there. I uh, also just want to remind you there are a couple of sheets up here uh, on the side still about our uh, special call business meeting for tonight. This is about one of the aspects uh, that we'll be voting on. The rest was there uh, in your bulletin last week. And so I uh, just want to remind you that we'll be doing that tonight uh, along with our fifth Sunday scene. So come back to join us for that. And then also we're in our series on the life of Jesus. If you've not gotten one of these books, there are some down here. I think a few in the windowsills and at the back also. Uh, please be sure to pick up one of those. If you're online, please be sure to send us a message or an email with your address so we can send that to you. Uh, we'll be glad to send that to you free of charge. So I uh, just want to make you aware of that. Uh, this will be a great resource to help you as we're going through that series on the life of Jesus. So, Brother Mike. That was a good reminder about the service tonight. If you... Uh, haven't let me know you want, would like to sing, do so. Uh, we, have, we have a few that's going to be singing, and we would love for more to be doing that. So just uh, let us know. We'll add you to the list. Join us as we sing hymn number 62, All the Way My Savior Leads Me. Let me all the way. 
We want to ask you to be in prayer for us as the choir sings a special song this morning. Uh, it's entitled, One Day When We All Get to Heaven.
That felt good. Turn with us now and stand and sing with us as we uh, sing 571. Uh, let's let others see Jesus in you and reminder that the children's will be get children's church will be gathering over here on the uh, piano side. So stand and let's sing let others see Jesus in you 571. <laughs> Take your Bibles this morning, if you will, and turn to the Gospel of Matthew. You see on the front of your bulletins it says John. And actually, uh, we had canceled a service back before, and I forgot to tell Brother Mike about that to, uh, with our change of, of sermons. So I still had not preached this, ser this sermon yet on the temptation of Jesus. So Matthew chapter 4, I don't know why I didn't maybe change it even on the screen there. But as Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, uh, down through verse 11. Matthew 4, 
verse 1 through 11. And so as we read this passage, we just want to begin uh, this morning with verse 1. So if you would, let's stand as we read God's word in honor of his word. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to this passage this morning in the life of Jesus, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will speak truth into our hearts. Help us, Lord, to realize that every single one of us face temptations in life, but yet you have given us, if we trust in Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, uh, the power within us through the Holy Spirit to overcome any temptations that we might face. Uh, it doesn't mean that it'll be easy, but Lord, we have that opportunity and that privilege even within us to be able to do that if we trust in Christ. So Father, I pray this morning that you will help us to see some practical steps that we can apply to our lives to help us, Lord, to overcome the temptations of this world, of the flesh, and of the devil. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. I want to challenge you to think about something. If you think about every regret that you've ever had in life, everything you wish that you hadn't done, everything you wish you could do over again, words even that you wish maybe you hadn't said, places you wish that you hadn't gone, or people that you wish that you hadn't hurt. If you think about all those things, I would say probably without exception, the reason you did those things is because you failed to handle the temptations of life. The great playwright Oscar Wilde once said this, he said, I can handle anything except temptation. The good news is, is that everybody who knows Jesus as their Lord and Savior, every person who loves Jesus and follows Jesus, can overcome any temptation, not because of your ability, not because of your power, but because of Jesus Christ and what he did for you. And so Jesus can overcome any temptation. Uh, and, and we can overcome any temptation because of him. Jesus himself has shown us, as we're going to see here in this passage, just how to do that. And it's incredible to see how Jesus and his ministry was introduced to the world. Uh, you would think that Jesus would kick off his ministry with his introduction to the world with a, with a big splash. You would have maybe thought if here's the King of Kings, the, the Lord of Lords, the Messiah who was coming to save his people, you would have expected Jesus basically to come in sitting on a throne held up by angels, greeted by crowds who were adoring him with a parade down Main Street. But no, there's two great surprises to the way Jesus's ministry begins. We've already talked about one of those, and that was that he first was baptized in the River Jordan. And he ends his ministry telling us uh, to go and to teach others and to share others the gospel, to teach them God's word that they might follow his commands and to, and to become disciples of Christ, and then to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So he begins his ministry with baptism, ends his ministry uh, with a proclamation of baptism. That's the first thing that we see that's kind of a surprise. But then we see that he's tempted in the desert by the devil. In, in, the, four, in the four Gospels, his baptism and his temptation 
are always presented together. So think about the setting. Think about the scene here. Jesus is fresh out of the Jordan River. He's just been baptized by John the Baptist. The Father's just given him uh, that proclamation from heaven, that seal of approval, proclaiming him as his beloved son. And, And so what immediately happens after that? Does he go and start his ministry by healing the sick or preaching a great sermon or walking on the water or showing how he can, he can levitate on uh, above the crowds? No. Again, we meet the devil and we run headlong, face first, into temptation. The very first thing after he's baptized, temptation. So as we look at this story, I want you to notice that the language is very simple. The whole story takes up less than 200 words. But it's one of the most remarkable stories and one of the most encouraging words in the entire Bible. And he shows us that even though temptation comes to all of us, it doesn't have to defeat us. And we're going to see that the way Jesus overcomes temptation is the way that we can overcome temptation. So I want to give you here some preventative applications against temptation because it's really much better to fight temptation on the front end than it is to have to deal with it on the back end after you've already fallen to the temptation. It's much better to deal with it on the front. And so we see here in these verses that Jesus has given us three examples, three things, simple things that we need to do constantly, we need to do continuously, and we need to do intensely so that we can handle and defeat Temptation. Here's the first thing I want you to see is to expect temptation. Expect temptation. Listen to how the story begins again in verse 1. It says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now you see that very first word that begins there, the word then. It means, it shows us there that it's connected to what has just gone on before. What has just gone on before? As we said a while ago, Jesus has just been baptized. He's still wringing wet. He's still experiencing the euphoria of being baptized and, and having his Father in heaven declare to the world that he's the Son of God in whom the Father is well pleased. But there's no celebration. And there's no steak dinner and there's no, no plaque and no watch. And, and immediately... He's being tempted. Think about this. He was the son of God. And he was being led by the spirit of God. He was obviously submissive to the will of God. And he was under the power of God. And that ought ought to tell us all something about temptation. That there is no person who is immune to temptation. Every single one of us here are tempted by something. You may not be tempted by the same thing others are. You may not be tempted by the same thing your spouse is. Your kids, you may not be tempted by the same thing your parents were. And parents, you may not be tempted by the same things your kids are. But all of us are going to face temptation. You never get too old to be tempted. You never get too good to be tempted. You never get too strong to be tempted. There was never a time in the life of Jesus when he was closer to God the Father than during those these 40 days. He had been fasting for 40 days just to focus and to concentrate on his relationship with the Father and the work that he was about 
to do. In fact, the gospel writer Luke adds this detail in his gospel. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 1 and verse 2, he says, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days, and when they were ended, he was hungry. In other words, what we see here is Luke says that he was led by or mean full of the Holy Spirit and that he was tempted every day for 40 days by the devil. So not only was Jesus being led by the Spirit, not only was he full of the Spirit, but every day that he, that he was at his peak of walking with God, he was being tempted. That tells us something else about temptation. Temptation isn't a sin. Do you know that? Temptation is not a sin. It's not abnormal to be tempted. It's not a sin to be tempted. And there's nothing wrong with being tempted. But what I'm about to say to you is crucially and critically important. Jesus wasn't being tempted as God. He was being tempted as man. Understand that because Jesus wasn't being tempted in his divinity, but in his humanity. He wasn't being tempted as, as, as a superman, if you will. He was being tempt, tempted as a, as a Clark Kent, if you would. And, and so how do we know that? Because we know God doesn't fast, doesn't need to fast, doesn't get hungry, and God can't be tempted according to the scriptures. A human, though, can be tempted. And so there would be nothing encouraging about this story if Jesus was just there fully in his Godhead and, and no humanity uh, there about him. Then we couldn't relate to that because God can resist anything. But because he was God in the flesh, in his humanity, it's encouraging to us uh, that Jesus here faced the devil and temptation just like you and me. Just like we have to face the devil and temptation. And that's why the first rule that we have to follow if we're going to handle and defeat temptation in our life is to expect it. It's going to come. If you're not being faced with a temptation right now, you either just came out of a temptation or you're fixing to go into a, be faced with a temptation. So don't ever be surprised by being tempted. Going out into the world every day as a believer, your spiritual antenna, your spiritual radar ought to be on. And that's half the battle of defeating temptation, always being aware. We need to have that kind of safe zone, if you will, uh, around our lives to help keep us protected from temptation. What happens so often for us, though, is that we leave the comfort of the safe zone with the Lord and we stop reading our Bible. We stop spending time in prayer. We stop making God the priority of our lives and we begin to drift away farther and farther away from God. And we begin to get closer and closer and closer to the edge of just falling off into sin. We put ourselves. Because we, 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 we think, oh, I can handle life. I can do it on my own. Uh, because things maybe have been coasting along in your life. And then you're faced with a temptation. And before you know it, you've fallen face first flat on the ground. Every day, we need to make sure that we keep that safe zone. That we don't go to places we shouldn't go to. We don't find ourselves in compromising positions that we ought not to be in. Guarding your heart 
keeping your mind protected lest you fall into sin. And it can happen to any one of us. And so we need to have those boundaries in our lives that we don't cross or allow others to cross because we're always expecting temptation. That's crucially important for young people. You're being faced with temptation and bombarded with temptation more than any other generation ever has. We have so many ways that temptation is bombarding us today. You think about years ago, some of you who are gray-headed, think about the days past. We didn't have the Internet. You didn't have uh, social media. You didn't have computers in your home. Those were things that were in offices somewhere or or in big facilities somewhere. And now those supercomputers that they used to have can all fit in one of these. And we have these everywhere we go. And so uh, we find that today young people are facing so much more temptations than ever before. So expect temptation is going to come. It's not a sin to be tempted. What you do with the temptation can be sin. Doesn't have to be, but could be sin. And so here's the second step that we need to do. And that's to detect temptation. Detect temptation. We ought to to also uh, be alert for signs of danger so that we can take that quick action to avoid temptation. Notice that Jesus shows us how to detect temptation before it happens. Because all temptation boils down to basically three things. Satan tempted Jesus in three different ways, and it's the same way that he tempts us. So no matter how you're being tempted, it's going to fall into one of these three overall categories that the devil tempts us in. And so first of all, Temptation will appear appeal to our physical side. Look at the first way that Jesus is tempted. Look at verse 2 and verse 3. So after, 40, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, what's the Bible say about Jesus? Man, he, he was fine. He, he didn't have to eat nothing. No, the Bible says he was hungry. I mean, we would be starving to death if we had done 40 days of of fasting. Most of us can't even do a day hardly uh, of fasting. But Jesus did 40 days uh, and 40 nights of fasting. And the Bible says he was hungry. And so the tempter came in verse 3 and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Jesus had just completed that 40-day fast. He was absolutely starved. He's ready to eat. And here are these small, smooth stones, uh, probably chips of limestone, and and Satan tempts Jesus to do something he could have done. It wasn't beyond the realm of possibility for Jesus to say to those stones, stones be turned into bread, and just like that it would have happened. He could have done it just simply to fulfill the physical desire he had in his own way take matters into his own hands and do his own thing. That's so often where we fail. We take matters into our own hands. We do what we want to do our way, and we do our own thing. Jesus had the power to do that, though, and he could have turned those stones. He could have turned them into biscuits, and he could have had biscuits and gravy. He could have had biscuits and and jelly or biscuits and syrup. He could have ate biscuits all day long if he wanted to. Why didn't he? Well, remember, he was fasting under the leadership of God's Holy Spirit. He was doing what God wanted him to do. He was obeying 
the will of God. And so if we want to be where we need to be when temptation comes, we need to be where Jesus was in the will of God. There was a right time, there was a right way, there was a right place to fulfill that desire for hunger. But now wasn't the time. Here wasn't the place. And this wasn't the way. From the time that we're young, the first temptation we face is to the physical. I mean, we're told to eat our vegetables, but instead what do we do? We go sneak a cookie out of the cookie jar or out of the pantry. We're told it's nap time, but physically we don't want to lay down and, and take a nap. We know that even with our own kids. They don't want to do that. And, and then we hit this certain age and we hit one of the greatest temptations of all, which is sexual temptation. And even though God is very plainly telling us in his word that, we, that that ought to be confined to the marriage between a man and a woman, we have largely moved to a society that if it feels good, do it. And it's my body and I'll do with it what I please. And that's exactly the temptation Satan gave to Jesus to separate the physical from the spiritual. It doesn't matter what God wants. What matters is what you want. That's what the temptation says. Let me make something plain. There's nothing wrong with physical desires. What's wrong is when we fulfill those desires at the wrong time, in, at the wrong place, in the wrong way, with the wrong person. Temptation appeals to the physical. And then a temptation, temptation not only appeals to the physical, it also appeals to the emotional, what we feel. If Satan can get, can't get on our physical side, he'll turn to our emotional side. Look at verse 5. Verse 5 says, And then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Notice that Satan takes Jesus there to the highest point in the city, the southeast corner of the temple. He's overlooking the Kidron Valley. He's looking down at about a 450-foot drop, and Satan's saying essentially to him, why don't you just take a jump? Why don't you just dive off of here and land on your feet? Because after all, if you're the son of God, God's not going to let anything happen to you. The people who, who are watching, they'll, they'll adore you, they'll worship you, and you'll immediately be accepted and, and adored and worshiped and have them eating out of the palm of your hands. In other words, Satan was saying, think about how you will feel when you pull this off. How many times have we blown it because we followed what we felt rather than what we knew from God's word? We felt like we needed to keep up and so we bought a car we couldn't afford and now we're struggling to make the payments. We felt like we were in love with, with another person, even though that person wasn't a follower of Jesus Christ. But we did it anyway because we felt so in love. I've heard this so many times from, from couples who have gotten divorced. I just don't feel in love with him or her anymore. I feel in love with this person or that person. And now we're living in a bad marriage and we feel like it would be okay just to do that one thing, whatever it is. But it wasn't. The first leader you'll ever follow in life 
is your feelings. Because remember this, emotions aren't meant to be felt. They're never, they're, they're never meant to be followed. They're meant to be felt. And finally, temptation not only appeals to the physical and to the emotional, but also to the spiritual side. So notice that Satan saves the greatest temptation for last. Look at verse 8 and verse 9. So again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, taking him up on high places here, took him up on the high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, and said to him, all these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. You would think that Satan just made an offer that Jesus couldn't refuse. It was so subtle, but so powerful. He offers Jesus exactly the same kingdoms as his heavenly father was going to offer him, but he was giving him a shortcut. He could skip the cross is what essentially Satan was saying. He could skip the cross if he had just bowed down, if he had just worshipped the devil. There would be no blood, there would have to be no pain, no, no beating, no dying, no suffering, no humiliation. First, he wanted Jesus to be the shortcut savior because the devil is the master of shortcuts. We're all tempted on our spiritual side to take the shortcuts, but there are no shortcuts to God's will and to God's way. Just remember, Satan will always appeal to you in one of those three areas in your life, the physical, the emotional, or the spiritual. So we need to learn to detect it. Here's the third point, and this is crucial for you. So we've understood that here's how he's going to tempt us. Uh, we need to detect it. We need to expect it, that it's going to happen. But here's the third point. You need to reject temptation. Now, how do you do that? Because so often we try to do that in our own strength and we fail every time. So how do we reject temptation? What's amazing is to see here how Jesus defeated temptation. He actually does it with ease. It wasn't a struggle for him. It wasn't a strain. It was almost effortless. He defeated temptation almost with ease. He did it with the only weapon that you really need in your hands. And that's this, the word of God. The word of God. Think about this. Every time Satan tempted Jesus, here's how he responded. Go back to verse 4. So after the first temptation, Jesus answers and says, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then look at verse 7. And Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And then again, in verse 10, Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. There are three words that are repeated there in every one of those verses. You saw them, didn't you? It is written. Do you know what's written in God's word? So often we don't put the priority on spending some time in God's word so that when the temptations come, as we said earlier, expect it. How are you going to be able to detect it if you don't know what is God's standard, God's word versus uh, the world and what the devil is tempting you with? That's why you need to know God's word so that you're ready with the sword of the word of God to defeat those temptations. It's written. So understand this. Temptation is powerless against truth. Temptation is always based on a lie. 
Go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And that was a temptation by the devil to Eve who said, Surely God won't put you to death if you do this. It was a lie. Temptation always has to do with a lie. Temptation will tell you that sin feels good. And it does. But then temptation will also tell you you can get away with it, but you can't. No one ever has been able to get away with it. Every time you're tempted, one of two things is going to happen. You'll either submit to what your eyes see and what your ears hear and what your heart feels, or you'll follow the truth of God's word that you know in your heart and in your mind. Here's the key. If you aren't filled with God's word, and if you don't hold the sword of God's word and use it, you don't have any hope of defeating temptation. Christ is your hope, the living word, the living truth. You need to be in God's word so you can overcome temptation. Let me ask you a simple question. Think about this. If Jesus Christ, the Son of God, think about that. He's the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. If he wouldn't face the devil and temptation without profound knowledge of the Bible in his mind and filling his heart, how are you going to try to do it any other way. There is no other way. The best thing that will ever help you against temptation is to read God's Word. And not only to read it, but to obey God's Word. Listen carefully. For every temptation that the devil brings into your life, there's a word from God that counteracts that temptation. Jesus, notice, he didn't argue with the devil. So much of the time we want to argue, why maybe this is okay for me to do, and, and it, surely God wants me to be happy. Many times have we heard that. Jesus didn't argue with the devil. He didn't negotiate. He didn't debate with the devil. He didn't use any magical formulas or magic words. He simply used God's word. question for us this morning is, what's your next step? The first step you ought to take before you deal with temptation is to read God's word every single day. Because you may not always have this with you when you go to work, the physical copy. You may not always have the physical copy when you're driving down the road and somebody cuts in front of you. And the temptation's there to say something you shouldn't say. You need that in your heart. You need that in your mind. And so you need to be in God's word every single day. You have God's truth by your side everywhere you go. And God's word can truly cut through the devil and his temptation like a hot knife through butter. The word for the devil here is the word diabolos, where we get our word diabolic from. It literally means to split. The devil is a splitter. The devil is a divider. He is a wedge driver. He wants to drive a wedge between you and God, between God's will and your will, between God's ways and your ways. And so from the time you're born, the first thing Satan will do is try to get you to reject the Son of God. He'll do everything he can to keep you from believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I just want you to know that if you're not a believer, if you've never given your heart and your life to Christ, then you have already fallen prey to his greatest temptation. But there's still hope for you. 
Because life could have ended just like that for any of us at any moment at any time. But you're still here. And because of that, God has a plan for your heart and for your life. And he wants you to trust in him as his Lord and Savior. But once you trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then the devil will try to get you to reject the will of God. And he'll appeal to the physical and to the emotional and to the spiritual. And every temptation from Satan is also a test from God. It's a test of your loyalty and your love. And the good news is we know that we can pass that test every single time because of Jesus. Martin Luther used to have a terrible time with temptation. He lived a life of sexual immorality, but then he met Jesus. And later in life, someone asked him, he said, Martin, how do you handle temptation? And here's what he said. He said, it was real simple. When Satan would knock on the door of my heart, I used to answer. And every time I did, he would defeat me. But now that I know Jesus, when Satan knocks on the door of my heart, I just let Jesus answer the door. And he says, Martin Luther used to live here, but he moved out, and I live here now. <laughs> and the devil turns and runs. Verse 11 said, the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Yes, we have everything we need to defeat temptation living inside of us. If you're a Christian, understand this. You are filled with the Spirit and the power of the Spirit. You are armed with the Scripture, the Word of God. You are enabled by the Savior. And we can expect temptation. And we can detect temptation. But we can also reject temptation. There's an old song we used to sing in days gone by that I want to close with. Tempted and tried, we're off made to wonder why it should be thus all the day long while there are others living about us. Never molested, though in the wrong. Farther along, we'll know all about it. Farther along, we'll understand why. Cheer up, my brother. Live in the sunshine, we'll understand it all by and by. You may not understand why you're going through what you're going through right now at this moment. But God wants to use it in your heart and in your life to show your faithfulness to a lost and dying world. And to show his glory to them. That if they would trust in Jesus, they too could overcome temptation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word and for your truth this morning. And Father, I pray that uh, we have seen this morning, whether we're here uh, having trusted in Christ as our Lord and Savior or not, that the first step that we would take is to make sure that we know Jesus as our Savior. 
And so I pray this morning, Lord, if there's any who are here, any who are watching online who don't know Christ, may they simply call out to you and say, dear God, I realize this morning I've been trying to do it my own self and I need the Savior. I need Jesus because I'm a sinner. I repent of my sin and I turn away from it and I turn to follow you, Jesus. I trust in you as my Lord and my Savior. I believe Jesus died on that cross. I believe he was buried in the tomb and arose on the third day. Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life and save me and help me to live for you all the days of my life to resist those temptations and to be a witness of your grace and your glory. Father, I pray if there are those who prayed something like that in their hearts this morning, Lord, they have come this morning to trust in Christ. I pray that they would come publicly to profess that faith in Christ. That they would just simply come during this invitation. Lord, that we would be able to share that and to celebrate with them about their newfound relationship with Christ. Lord, there are many of us who are here as believers, and along the way we have listened to the lies of the devil rather than the truth of your word. And so, Father, I pray this morning that as we come, may we come and repent with repentant hearts, saying, God, I've been trying to do it myself too. I thought I could overcome the temptations. I've been tempted in the physical. I've been tempted in the spiritual. I've been tempted in the emotional. I've been tempted with my feelings, what felt right. And I've fallen every time. Father, I need the power of the Holy Spirit within me. So fill me, Lord, and help me to make your word a priority for my life. Forgive me, God, and wash me as white as snow. Set me on the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Lord, I pray that believers will begin to get their hearts right with you and that you'll begin to do things in and through us as believers and through the church that would show the glory of God to the world around us. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done. And may your will be done in this invitation. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. As we stand, as we sing our hymn of invitation, number 285, where he leads, I'll go. Will you stand? Will you come this morning during this invitation?
announcement before Brother Bobby comes. We are, uh, many of you remember Charles had passed away and we are, have some that have stepped up to help us with some of the cleaning around the church. If you're interested in helping in any way, we do have a list of different things that you could sign up for. Just doing one little thing uh, each week would help us until we're able to fill uh, that position. So if you, need, you would be interested in doing that, see myself, uh, see Miss Ella. Uh, or, or let us know at the church office by giving us a call, uh, and we'll get you on the list. You can also see Steve Stone, and, and he'll get you down, too. So, thank you, brother. Okay. Uh, hello there. You know, they say you write something down, you ought to write it so you can read it, but that's not my case, so I'm probably just, if I mess up, somebody just raise their hand, we'll get it corrected, Okay. There will be no Awanas or Wednesday night meal this week. We will try to meet again on February the 9th. Awana kids, if you look for videos on the church's Facebook or YouTube, for each video that you watch, you will receive 10 uh, Awana books. Is that right, Miss Linda? And uh, so keep that in mind. If you have any questions, just see Miss Linda. Um, also, uh, the chili supper went well, uh, cook off. And of course, because of the weather and other commitments, a lot of people wasn't able to turn out for it, but it did go well. But if you would still like to contribute to that to help the youth going to camp, uh, see Matt, and he can help you with that. Also, do know that the deposits for Central Kids are due on February 15th, if you have a question, see Amanda Monroe. Um, tonight is our Bill Sunday singing, and afterwards or, uh, we will have a special call business meeting, and the issues that it's in your bulletin, the issues we'll be talking about is um, the um, adding responsibilities. Miss Pat Williams, it's been our church treasure for over 30 something years since I was a little bitty boy okay uh, yes she's still going to continue going to church here and she's going to help but she's going to step back from some of her duties I think at this time we need to give her a good round of applause for all of her years of service. Uh, but we will have a additional bit we'll have a business meeting tonight and we will be addressing we have to, because of the way the bylaws are written, we have to add uh, some responsibility to Amy's job, you know. And uh, also, we've got some leaks in our roofs and talk about a new roof. And uh, we have a CD that's coming uh, due that needs to be renewed and talk about that. So that's what we'll be talking about tonight in our special call business meeting. And uh, so come and support that and be in prayer for decisions we'll be making. Uh, also, you know, uh, we want to continue to remember and be in sympathy and prayer for our, our church families that have lost loved ones. You know, three weeks ago, Miss Esther Phillips passed away. Our church uh, custodian, Mr. Charles Cannon, uh, passed away and then this past week we on Friday we had the service for Miss Esther uh, Johnson or Robin Johnson and uh, it was Friday and so uh, be in prayer for that family 
You know, I've got two words of praises I want to tell you. I want to first thank the church for its support and prayers for my brother. He had an accident back in August. It's been a slow process, but as of Friday, he was able to walk right at 120 feet a couple of times. So thank you for your prayers. Uh, we ask that you continue to uh, be in prayer for him. But here's another uh, word of praise on Friday. Uh, Jim Hess called. And you know, when he called the first time, and you could tell with the way he talked that he had a concern in his voice a few months ago because he had found out that David had cancer. But Friday when he called, you could tell the excitement in his voice. And he said, oh, Mr. Bobby, I just found out and I just wanted you to know and I'd like for you to share it with the church. David Hess, that we'd been praying for, went back to the doctor. He is cancer-free and he has been released. To, he, he plays baseball. Uh, and he's been released to go back to spring training, you know. So there, there's two words of praise that we want to offer up. There's also a, for the vesters, there's a special welcome that we do want to offer you. Hope you enjoyed the service and come back again. If there's any questions that you have that we might can answer, feel free to call on us. Uh, and uh, I hope I got all this stuff. If I hadn't, just blame it to old age, you know. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, okay? Father, again, we do want to thank you for being able to be here today. Father, we know that there are many that's not able to be here because of either sickness or out of town. Uh, we ask that you meet each and every one of us and even them at their point of need. We thank you for Brother Jim and Brother Matt and others that lead us. We thank you for our congregation and for our visitors. We ask now that as we go, to go in peace, to take the message that we've heard here today from Brother Jim, apply it to our lives so that we can grow closer to you. And in your name, we give the honor and the praise through your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.